That's Beyonce before she was a country music star. <laughs> You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Good morning. I'm Evan Bray. We just had Dr. Preet Banerjee on with me, a behavioral finance expert who talked about, he wrote a, uh, an article for the Globe and Mail this week uh, that talked about basically how Gen Z are changing the way they talk about finance. They're using terms like doom spending, loud budgeting, and girl math. Sound familiar? <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm kind of chuckling at this this whole rider situation that is unfolding right now. I wasn't overly offended by it, but I know that there were some people that were, and I think the 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 people that are truly offended are ones that probably don't understand the joke that they were trying to get across. So I said, you know what? It doesn't matter what middle-aged guy Evan Bray thinks. Let's bring in someone like Brittany Cafe, who is the executive producer of this show. Brittany, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, anytime. So, girl math. Obviously, I'm not even asking you the question. You know what it is. You know the joke. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen the TikTok. Have you Evan. used <laughs> have you used that before? Have you used girl math before? You know what? I honestly think Everyone has used girl math in some way. You just don't realize you're doing it until someone explains what girl math is to you. Well, fair enough. And so, Brittany, the, the joy of bringing Brittany on with me as executive producer of the show is, you know, she thinks of all the different angles. And she said, you know what? Why don't we play a quick clip? This is a quick clip off of TikTok that gives you an understanding of how girl math works. Anything I buy with cash is free. No. <laughs> yes. No, that's not how money works. Okay. If I buy tickets to an event that's in the future, when that event comes, it's free. It's not. This <laughs> obsession with things that are free is not a thing. You pay for them. Whether you get them now or in the future, you've still paid for them. They're not free. It feels like it's free, though. It, feeling and being is different, <laughs> except when you get your bank account statement, you realize all that stuff you thought was free is not free. And then you're broke. Okay, last one. If I want to get Starbucks... Or something like that. And there's already money in the account. Like money in my app. It's free. Like I'm not paying for that no, Starbucks. You've just loaned them money. And then you're using the money that you've already loaned But it's them. already it's left free. my bank account. So it's free. No, but it's in a different account. It's in the Starbucks it's, it's account. It's free. <laughs> That's a teenager <laughs> named Marley Brown trying to explain the concept of girl math to her dad. And her dad's like, no, Marley, listen. That's not how it works. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I love it. And, you know, I honestly do, Evan. It's just in recent months really started to be called girl math. Literally everyone does this, though. It's just the way that we kind of psychologically manipulated ourselves into justifying our purchases. Even you look at a family goes on an all-inclusive vacation. You pay up front, you wait months, hop on a plane, and you get there. And all the food and drinks are free. <laughs> They're really not. You have paid for them. Right, right. But it feels like you're getting a heck of a deal once you get there and the pina coladas start flowing. <laughs> so knowing that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are always looking for cool, innovative ways to try and reach out and connect with people, you know, they send out an email to season ticket holders and they had an ad there. It was like an infographic and it talked about using proficient, uh, being proficient in girl math, it's basically free. Basically saying, buy your season tickets now and then every game you go to, it's not costing you anything, right? That's, that's, that's what they were trying to get at. 
I feel like that was kind of in a roundabout way what they were trying to get at. But I feel like perhaps the people who had a say in this didn't really understand the concept of girl math, truly. Because what exactly what the email that went out says proficient in girl math. It's basically free, big savings, no influencer code needed, literally the best excuse for cute matching outfits and take the stairs, earn the seltzers. So to I me, take, I take the elevator, enjoy the beer, well, <laughs> but, but that's just me. That's exa- <laughs> to me, this could have, you know, you could have played it up and been like, Oh, buy your season tickets now. And by the time the games come around, right. you're basically going to all of them for free. That's not really what was done here. How this came across to a lot of the season ticket holders who a lot of them are women and a lot of them are huge football fans who don't go to a game for the cute outfits and the seltzers and hopefully get exercise on the stairs. That's not what they're there for. I also think they maybe missed the mark in the fact that perhaps their demographic isn't really on TikTok and caught up in the girl math trend. I think that's a good point, Britt. I I think you're bang on there. I think part of it is, I mean, this went out via email, right? Which let's be honest, it's, that's an, that's a bit of an older, an older way of communicating, right? Goes out to season ticket holders in an email. Most of them aren't going to know the TikTok trend and you said it. I mean, a lot of them are diehard rider fans that know football in and out. And so it's, you know, they don't need to be enticed through, but, but at the same time, and I'm curious to know your opinion. I, I don't feel offended by this. Certainly I know the riders weren't trying to be offensive. This was meant as a joke. Were you offended? I wasn't. I feel like it was this, uh, the same, the same as you essentially, maybe a little off step. Um, in my eyes, I wasn't super offended by this. I understand what they were trying to do. Just be a little bit funnier next time. <laughs> <laughs> this didn't really hit the mark for me, but I wasn't super offended. They could by have it. created their own TikTok video. That yeah. might have been funny, right? Like have, uh, you know, a teenage girl trying to explain to her dad using girl math about how the rider games are essentially free if you buy the season tickets. Like maybe, maybe something like that would have landed a little differently. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to read the tone over just an email, right? You can't really tell if they're joking or not. And that's a bit of a dangerous game to play when it comes to stuff like this. Brittany Cafe, who is executive producer of this show. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, we ever give you a chance to to get enough credit for the work that you put into this show. I actually gave you a shout out right at the end of the show yesterday because I said, while the city council meeting is going on in Saskatoon, Brittany Cafe was able to secure Zach Jeffries to join us, who's city <laughs> councillor on the show. I'm like, how does she do that? Now you just texted me just before this break and you said, Dustin Duncan, who's standing on Parliament Hill right now, creating his own TikTok videos saying that we will not be remitting the carbon tax, is booked and joining us tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have <laughs> Dustin Duncan on the show tomorrow. It's literally my job. I've got a good list well, of contacts, I guess. You do a good job of it, Britt. Before <laughs> Thanks, I let so. you go, I know we've got a, a teacher's, another news conference coming up today at 1.30. Uh, so this, no doubt, will be letting us know what sanctions might look like for at least the early part of next week. You're a mother of young children, school-age children. How have you been finding this? Are you? Is it confusing to you, or have you been able to follow it fairly closely? Yeah, this has been quite tricky to navigate, especially since we returned from the Feb break, I've found. Um, there's been a lot of sanctions coming down. And with the rotation, it's a little bit confusing to understand exactly when it's going to be impacting 
our kids. Uh, but you know, as, as a parent, um, and a mom of the, the kids that are in school and need support, I understand why all of this is happening. So it's a bit of muddy waters, I guess, that we're trudging through right now as we try to navigate this as parents, um, and also ensure that our teachers still feel supported. Cause, you know, as a mom, I, I very much value the work that my children's teachers do. Also the EAs and the support staff who support my kids, especially my little guy, Henry, um, Henry has Down syndrome and needs some additional support. So I understand what the teachers are fighting for. So happy to trudge through some muddy waters while they get this sorted out. Good stuff, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, helping us decipher girl math. Anytime. Appreciate it. Brittany Cafe, executive producer of this show. Yeah, the STF have the news conference scheduled for 1.30. Of course, our newsroom is going to follow this. We'll bring you the information as soon as it is released. Today, by the way, is uh, there's no full day strike happening today so all school are all schools are operating what is being withdrawn though is noon hour supervision it's happening at Lloyd Minster uh Chinook School Division Creighton Northeast School and Prairie Spirit School Division so those school divisions today have had the withdrawal of noon hour supervision so basically right about now parents in those school divisions are either heading to pick up their kids for the lunch break or they've made arrangements for their kids to walk to a friend's house or whatever the case may be it it is a bit confusing to follow there's no doubt about it i uh, we've talked about the the teachers thing i think at length on here i, I still say haven't chatted with uh, STF president in a little while now, but I still say I think their strategy should be more focused on giving us an understanding of what's going on inside the schools. When they did the news conference and they talked about the violence in the classroom, I think that opened our eyes to, to the extent that the violence is happening. So don't use the extremes. Maybe just show us a typical day in four different classrooms. Just a typical day of the complexity and how it weighs on the teacher and the teacher's ability to teach all the students in the class, not just handle or deal with the one who is maybe acting out or causing being disruptive, but how do they teach all kids? Because that's part of the problem. And we, we are seeing that reflected in grades. We're seeing that ref reflected in a whole bunch of different measures that we have in the schools. So I think that's where the STF needs to go next, whether that will be part of the announcement at one thirty, I have a feeling it's going to be more, job action, but we'll keep you posted on that. You're listening to 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, good morning and thanks so much for joining us Thursday morning. You just heard Jamie and I promoting the fact that they'll be broadcasting live from the Briar tomorrow afternoon. The Green Zone will be on hand. I think selfishly, Jamie just wants to be there to get a good spot for the rec laws, that free the free concert that uh, he is more excited than anybody I know about that concert. But they'll be uh, they'll be busy over there getting things ready for the briar. Today is the last day. They've been working for four days now putting the ice in. There's quite a craft to it, putting in curling ice and getting it level and pebbling it. I think back to my days, small town Saskatchewan and Abernethy. We had a curling rink with, now I have to think, I think we had three sheets of ice in there. Maybe we had four. Anyway, I can picture Bert Elliott, who used to be the caretaker for the rink. I can picture him walking backwards, you know, spreading the pebbles. You know, you've got the little water tank on your back and the hose and you pebble the ice. And, you know, he had it down to a science. And so it's it's a big thing. You don't ask a curler if the ice isn't done properly, runs heavy on one side, one straight on the other. 
catches a, the old straw brooms. How many times did it catch a, you know, a piece of straw out of the broom and take a hard left? Anyway, now I'm dating myself. Hey, you know, speaking of the green zone, I'm sure they'll be talking a little bit more about this, but the former world junior hockey players that were charged with sexual assault have chosen a jury trial. So Dylan Dubay, Carter Hart, Michael McLeod, Cal Foote, and Alex Formenton, uh, they are the five players charged with sexual assault after an incident in London in uh, 2018, right after they won the World Junior Hockey Championships. Now, a joint statement from their lawyers says that they are confident that jurors draw from the community will decide this case fairly and impartially after hearing all of the evidence and testimony. And jury trials aren't a given. Like jury trials, they're only, first of all, available to accused of the most serious crimes. So anything that's an indictable offense, murder, uh, sexual assault is actually a dual offense or a hybrid offense, but it it's serious enough that it, it will put you into the category that you can choose a jury if you want. So the fact that they've chosen a jury, this case, by the way, back in court on April 30th, a lot of people are speculating. Do they think they'll have a better chance of winning their case as opposed to using a judge? And a judge typically is someone who is has strong knowledge in the law, will operate without bias, Whereas jury members are, I mean, they're ordinary people, right? They are people, they'll go through a jury selection process, they will pick a jury. Often they have a a lack of knowledge when it comes to the law. They do get some briefing and some understanding of it. They're more likely to be persuaded by bias. So there's speculation, of course, you can read articles on both sides of this, whether or not a jury trial is better for a defendant in a case like this or not. Uh, It is curious, though, that they chose a jury and there had to have been some serious deliberations around why they did that and and what the reason was behind it. Well, earlier today, we had opened it up. uh, I was a bit nervous about this, if I'm being completely honest, opening it up to questions for me, (laughs) people saying, you know what, it's leap year. Instead of doing things the way we normally do, Leap Day is an opportunity to do the opposite. So the team, when we're putting together the show, said, why don't we just do it so that people can call in and ask you a question? I have to say, there were some pretty good questions that came in. I appreciated there was a couple that I didn't get to. Darlene uh, messaged and said, okay, Evan, the trucker's convoy. What do you think about the demonstration? Would you have used the Emergencies Act? I absolutely would not have. I, you know, I'm one of those that said... Uh, back when it was first being used, there's all kinds of opportunities they could have exhausted before they went to that. So, you know, I wasn't a person who was absolutely shocked when it was found that it was used uh, improperly uh, against the Constitution as the federal court ruled. So I definitely would not have used the Emergencies Act. You know, the other thing is, if you look at the opportunity I had to be a police leader in our community, there were lots of times where we had conflicts and protests. We had a fairly large protest on the legislative grounds uh, just outside of the of the building there, uh, that kind of referred to as the teepee protest back in 2018. Uh, one of the largest labor protests in the co-op uniform uh, site that happened there. And I'm not saying that we handled them perfectly, but what I will say is you would have seen from, from me and our team back then is we tend, we tended to take a very patient approach. We weren't all about going in with handcuffs and riot gear and trying to break the, uh, you know, the protest up, especially if it was 
peaceful. So I think there were some, some missteps for sure. That trucker's convoy uh, didn't just happen like that overnight. Ottawa knew it was coming. And so there's some real preparatory work that I think could have been done to, number one, build relationships with the convoy team to understand what their goal was, what they were planning on doing. Uh, they could have you know, put up some limitations as to where those trucks would have been parked. There's a whole bunch of things that I think were missed opportunities in that as well. But generally speaking, um, it's a recipe for disaster when you go rushing in to try and use force on what is a peaceful protest. And we have, sadly, we have examples of, you know, Oka, Oka, Ipperwash. These are examples where people actually lost their life as a result of peak police overreaction in some of these situations. So Darlene, thanks for the message. I'm not saying that we would have handled it perfectly, but definitely don't think it should have been the emergencies act. And I think there were some missteps and missed opportunities there as well. Well, the conversation continues the hog and pork business, a significant driver in the agriculture sector in our province. There's a few things that threaten our hog business. Some work is going on in our province to reduce that risk. That discussion is coming up next right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.